afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No, I don't. I mean, I, my sole focus is on improving our team right now. Uh, so that's kind of a, exactly like you said, I think a distraction. But, uh, you know, that's not going to take away from my focus any outside noise like that. I'm uh, worried about uh, the players right now. As the voice of Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, inevitably he was going to get asked about what's going on with Michael Bidwell and the allegations. Very predictable, understandable answer from Jonathan Gannon. I mean, the guy was yeah. just hired a couple of months ago. What, what mm-hmm. you, you expect he's going to get asked about it. You also expect he's not going to say a lot about it. He doesn't have much to say about it. I mean, remember when the Robert Sarver situation came down? And you could ask Monty Williams all you want about it, but the bottom line is like the, 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 the team and the coaches, there's some separation between them and the owner, right? There's some separation sure. there. So... You know, Michael Bidwell is, you know, we're, we're at camp. We, we always see him. We'd sit next to Steve Kime and Mark Dalton would come up and they'd watch the game on the field. But there is some separation between the coaches, coaches and the players and the owners. So, you know, what was going on with the investigation with Robert really had no effect with the team on uh, on the basketball court. And I don't expect that, that there'll be anything like that with Gannon and his players either. No, the only slight difference is that Monty and James and Book had been there long enough, right? Like the questions were almost, hey, did you see? anything that would lead you to be worried? Did you see anything that would give you cause for concern? Jonathan Gannon's literally not been there long enough to see anything that would cause him any concern. He's been there for two months. I I, I, I haven't unpacked my suitcase yet. Right, But but I understand your point is that trying to create that separation between what's going on in the front office and what's going on with the ownership is is certainly but but again, today being the first day of the voluntary workouts, kind of predictable that Jonathan Gannon would be asked. The latest when it comes to the investigation, I don't even know if I want to call the investigation, the, the the claims that were made by Terry McDonough and the potential arbitration that could come down because of it, the, the grievance that could come down from it, took a new turn last night. Former Cardinals executive Ron Miniger, who used to be the COO of the Arizona Cardinals, he stepped down in 2019. Uh, he was the Cardinals executive vice president. A letter surfaced. Pro Football Talk was the one that basically published the letter, or at least segments of the letter. It was the resignation letter from Miniger to Bidwell in 2019. And in the letter, Ron Miniger wrote of some of the things that are being alleged by Terry McDonough within the Cardinals organization at about the same time. Quote, you are not the guy I met back in 2000. You used to smile and laugh a lot. You used to be fun to be around. I acknowledge that you have had to deal with a ton of issues this past year, but you come to work angry every day. You talk down to almost everyone. You've become arrogant and condescending. You need to get credit for everything when things are going well, and you're quick to point the finger at everyone else when we are struggling. Um Later, he said, our lack of sustained success combined with your daily anger is extremely frustrating and makes me feel like I've squandered 19 years of my career here. Wow. Um, There's another part in the letter in which he kind of sort of confirmed the allegations of the employee survey. And I think this is important. I really do. I think this part is important. But go ahead, read that part of it. We'll, we'll discuss it. Okay, so that's part of McDonough's allegation against against Michael Bidwell is that there was this employee survey to see what changed 
changes could be made with the workplace, and it was buried. Allegedly, it was. It never saw the light of day. Miniger quote: Sadly, we learned that a majority of our of our employees are working in fear. There are several factors, but much of this was directed at you based on the poor interaction they've had with you. What was your reaction when you saw the preliminary responses? Instead of leaning into it and trying to change things for the better, you shut the study down. That's Close a bad quote. look. That's a bad look. I mean, that's a. I mean, this is like this is the COO saying he shut the study down. We had a study going and it wasn't looking very favorable for the owner. A lot of people had bad interactions with him. He shut the study down. So instead of saying, okay, let's fix these issues. We've got problems. So shut it down. I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to know any. So that that's that's kind of damning. Now, it's a criminal. You're not going to lose your franchise over it. You're not going to lose a draft pick over it. You're not going to get suspended over that. You stopped the survey. Okay. Like, it's a bad look, but ultimately it's not going to do any damage to Michael Bidwell the way the burner phones could do damage and the toxic work environment where, where it's, where both Mc, where McDonough says he berated pregnant employees and a minority employee that was African-American. And so that's the stuff that could really damage him. Not that he shut down the survey. I thought it was interesting that he shut down the survey. If that's true, if that's true because yeah. it just does go to show you that, you know, I had, I didn't want to hear anything negative. Yeah. And that was part of the allegation of McDonough and that, at, that it was also now being alleged by Miniker. Now to just to kind of put a bow on this Miniker conversation, um, the, the, the outsourced spokesperson for the organization on this one, um, Jim McCarthy, the the external PR advisor who's handling this, said that later uh, in a September 2022 note, Mr. Miniger said that he was overdue to express his sincere apologies for my attitude and behavior the last several years we worked together. I am starting to understand what an angry, bitter man I had become. Miniger reached out to Pro Football Talk, who published all of this, and said, I'm really disappointed that my private notes of Michael Bidwell has been pulled into this dispute. I'm saddened to learn that that correspondence has been used by the Cardinals to signal I was retracting the statements I made in 2019. This is blatantly false. I stand by the statements I made in 2019, and I'm willing, and this to me is the key part, I'm willing to discuss with the involved parties as part of the NFL's arbitration process. In other words, you want to talk to me about this NFL? Give me a call. Give me a call. I'll I'm, tell you. I'm, I'll tell you what was I'm going more on. I'm happy to talk about this. And and so, what does it mean? I don't know. I, I know that it's now another voice, and the more voices who say things like this, you know, the the more suspicions get raised. Now, whether that's fair or not, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I know, you know the the reaction I think we all had to this last night when we saw it was when when you have one voice doing it, you know, okay, let's yeah. see. But the more voices come out, the more you start to wonder, and then the the conversation gambo naturally morphs into what will the NFL do about it? How far? Will they investigate? How much will they look into this? How compelled are they to look into this? I, don't, I think that they have to look into the, and even, you know, Sports Illustrated raises the issue that they, they got to look into this. Albert like, Breer wrote a column today, right, in which right. he said, Roger Goodell's got to investigate this. So, but this puts the ball in Roger Goodell's court, and with an owner who's actually had a reputation for being pretty progressive on the whole, hired black GMs and coaches, and was among Arizona's first teams to have a woman assistant. The fact is, Goodell promised repeatedly through the situation in Washington that he wouldn't tolerate the sort of working environment that Snyder allegedly forced it over two decades. Now, you know, there is McDonough, 
was aware was apparently aware of two separate two instances allegedly where Bidwell reduced to tears to pregnant employees a result of abusive and bullying mistreatment. And one of the employees was five months pregnant, another seven berated a young African American employee. That stuff has to be looked at. You can't turn a blind eye to that. You've got to go look at it and find out. Now, you go talk to those employees. Who are these employees that we're referencing? And you go talk to them. Did it happen? If they say, man, that guy's off the rocker. We didn't talk about about that. That never happened. That guy's great to me. Okay, that's it. We're done. We We asked all three employees, and none of them collaborated. Is that the word collaborated? Corroborated. Corroborated. Close enough. Uh, (laughs) McDonough's story. (laughs) Collaborated, corroborated. now, if they do don't ever say, change, Gambo, don't ever change. If they do say there was an issue, well, now you got to do further investigations. All right, probably you're not the only ones that have been in that have had these issues. So I do think you go to you're the NFL, you go talk to the three employees, you find out if it's true or not. If it's true, you do a much deeper dive into the organization to find out if there is a toxic workplace environment. Yeah, and, and I mean, I got so many thoughts that spring to mind. I mean, first and foremost is that we just went through this with the Suns, and of course, you know, nothing but heartfelt sympathy to. You anybody in the Suns who had to deal with that toxic workplace environment and they've been kind of scarred because of it but it it does feel like as sports fans man we just went through this and we saw we saw what happened with Robert in the Suns and I think there's just this leap that maybe the same thing could happen here and who knows I mean who knows we're so it's, early we don't know we, we have no idea I mean it's 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 not, it's like, not, could it? it's not apples to apples it's not apples to oranges at this point it's just way too early to even know if something like that could happen the second thing is and I'm glad Albert Breer points it out Michael Bidwell's reputation had been sterling in the league, especially when it came to diversity hiring and and so, racial diversity so hiring. Sarver had a great reputation in the league for minority hiring, promotions of women's, um, a lot of that. Very diverse. So, I mean, it's 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 very, it's very possible that both guys were very much in on that yeah, and on promoting. And the third thing for me is that this puts. A lot of attention on Michael Bidwell. A and, ton. And Michael's never really had a lot of attention on him. No. As an owner in this league. He, he's been one of the more quiet owners. I, I don't know if that's the right word. Out of sight, out of mind. A little almost. bit. Yeah, I mean, he's not Jerry Jones. He's not Robert Kraft. He's not, you know, he's, he, he's, it, there's never been a lot of attention on Michael. There's a lot of attention on Michael now. Yeah, and not good attention. Negative. You know? Yeah, and, and it's it's a weird place to be, I think. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he had a 2 nothing series lead in the NBA Finals. He had a 2 nothing series lead in the semis last year against Dallas. His team lost both. What kind of pressure is on Monty Williams when this postseason begins on Sunday? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Let's make this real clear from the outset of this conversation. Real okay. clear. Nobody is saying that Monty Williams' job is on the line. Nobody. No. Certainly not us. Okay. No. And I'm not saying like people are even saying that based off of our last conversation. I just want to make sure we're clear about this. When you and I talk about a very real conversation, we think about there being pressure on Monty this postseason. Yeah, there's pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Not the win or else kind of pressure. Not the not that kind. But for a team that has not taken it home when they've had chances to take it home, yeah. 
There's pressure on Monty this postseason. Make yeah. no mistake about it. Had a 2 nothing lead against Milwaukee. They made a, an adjustment where they put Giannis at the center spot. The Suns didn't have any answers, and he wasn't able to figure anything out. They lost the NBA Finals. Last year, they had the best record in the NBA, and they allowed New Orleans to push them to its eighth seed. The eighth seed pushed the one seed to the brink. I mean, it was not to the brink, but it was a six-game series. It was hard fought. I mean, they really struggled. It wore them out. I think it really wore out Chris Paul. And then they got to Dallas. They got up 2 nothing. They blew that series. So, you know, they had 2 nothing lead against Dallas. They looked great. Dallas said, okay, let's make a bunch of adjustments. They made adjustments. The Suns didn't. And they ended up losing. So, you've got one year you lost a 2 nothing series lead to Milwaukee. Then you lost a 2 nothing series lead to Dallas. You struggled against a New Orleans team that you probably should have waxed. And, and so I do think there's some pressure on Monty. This is the best team in the West. This is the best roster maybe in the whole playoffs. You've got the team that should win it all. Many people... So if you don't get to the NBA Finals, people are going to be like, what? Like, you're going to look for somebody to blame. Whose fault was it? Maybe it's a player's fault. Maybe it's not. But people are going to look at Monty Williams and say, okay, it's three years in a row. Three years in a row. Like, can he get this team over the hump? Is he, is he capable of getting this team over the hump? He's not getting fired. He's been a great coach for the Phoenix Suns. But there's also that pressure now that you've got the team that can win. You've, you've got to, you've got to take this team and cross that finish line. There is pressure when it comes to that. And when a roster is assembled, especially one that's top heavy like this, it just raises everybody's eye level. It raises everybody's expectation. Uh, and Monty, what he was outcoached last year uh, by Jason Kidd, by Willie Green. It, it was, it was, it was one of the main things we talked about when that playoff run was done. There just never was the kind of counter-adjustment that you were looking for over the course of that series. Now, the one thing that I think kind of backs off the pressure a little bit on Monty okay. is the eight games. The fact that Durant's only been here for eight games. And there is sort of an experimental feeling of this. Like, like we're not really sure what to expect because Kevin Durant just hasn't been here very long. I'm not saying that's a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Can you I'm, use it as an excuse? I don't think he will. Suns get beat in the Western Conference Finals by Golden State. They don't even make the NBA Finals. Can you say it's because they didn't have a lot of time together? I, I, I think that will certainly be one of the things we would talk about. Okay. Don't you think? Yes, I think you're right. I, I think that I, I don't think Monty will. I don't think Monty would ever in a million years say, but, yeah, we just didn't but have But I also tenure. think Monty will be one of the things we talk about. Right? Three years in a oh, row. There's no doubt. Three years there, in a row. Two mm-hmm. nothing lead Milwaukee, no two nothing lead Dallas. But I think if you and I are in here the day after the season ends, and it ends sooner than we expected, whatever round that is, I can guarantee I can look at the show sheet right now, and it's two months from now. One of the topics will be, did they have enough time with Kevin Durant to gel? That'll be one of our topics when the season ends. But you're right. Another one will be... What does this mean for Monty and what kind of pressure is on Monty? And that's where I think, I honestly think, if they don't win it this year, the real pressure is on Monty next year. Because you won't have that eight-game excuse anymore. That's gone. That's out the window. You will have a full season of Kevin Durant, a full season of Devin, the whole crew together. And if you can't get it done then... Now we start then, wading into then, uncomfortable territory, yeah, right? Yeah. If you can't get it done with the whole kit and caboodle, everybody's there. Then it will be, Hamani will be in a discussion of, you know, is he only capable of taking this team so far? Is he, did I need somebody else to get them over the hump that's got better at in-game adjustments and, you know, you know, better playoff caliber coach? I don't know. Look, let's hope the Suns win it all this year. Monty deserves it. He's done a hell of a job. He's been a godsend for this organization. And we're not saying he's not. We're just saying, is there pressure on Monty Williams this year? Is there pressure? 
after blowing the 2 nothing lead against Milwaukee and the 2 nothing lead against Dallas, is there pressure on Monty? Yes, I yeah. think there's pressure on Monty. Doesn't mean that he should be fired if they lose, because again, he's been a godsend for this organization. He's been great. But at some point, you got to deliver the goods now. you got to get this team that championship with the roster you have. Well, especially when you've come as close as you have. Yeah, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you know sixty. This time a year ago, sixty-four wins. You were, you know, I don't know about the favorite. You certainly were the favorite to win the West with sixty-four wins, and you certainly were being the team. Remember that John Hollinger piece that we talked about a year ago? Like, there's Phoenix, and then there's everybody else, right? In the whole NBA, there's Phoenix, and, the, and they couldn't even get out of the second round of the playoffs. Then the year before, now look, last year. Boston was halfway to an NBA championship. They were up two games to none over Golden State. They couldn't finish the deal. They changed coaches under entirely different circumstances. Different, yeah. You know, but but I mean, I, teams blow two nothing leads. That's not that uncommon. Um, but how yeah, many I, teams have blown two nothing leads two years in a row? Is that that's that's probably that's probably. Well, if it had happened in the finals two thing. years in a row, yeah, then now we're having a different conversation. But yeah, I, 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 I think on the pressure scale, if there is even such a thing, Bonnie's definitely top three for this team, right? I mean, pressure. Yeah, who yeah. else has Kevin Durant have more pressure on him? Does Chris Paul have, does, does Kevin Durant not have any pressure on no, him? No, there's pressure on Durant. There's, I think there's a lot of pressure on Chris. Fifteen years in the league, best team he's ever had to deliver. I think there's pressure on Monty. I mean, I even think there's some pressure on Devin Booker, okay. you know, because, you know, y- y- this isn't guaranteed, man. This isn't guaranteed that you're going to get to these situations with a roster that could win it all. I mean, this league is, I mean, look at the look at the NBA right now. I mean, look at the, the New Orleans Pelicans. Look at Minnesota. Look at the Clippers roster. The injuries can devastate a team. So there's no guarantees that, hey, we're so good, we're going to be here every year. Look, I think they built a team for sustained success. They're going to be, they should be back in the playoffs, but you just never know. So yeah. you, you need to take advantage of the opportunities you get. Yeah, I think I, the pressure on Devin Booker, it's definitely there. I, I, I think Devin Booker... Um, Where's a lot of what happened last year against Dallas? I think a lot of that gets put on him because he didn't shoot well in Game Six or Game Seven. No, he was a meme with Luca. Right? Yeah, the, he was and the, the Luca meme. And the Luca a special, meme. right? Yeah, the, the meme where they're looking at each other at the free throw line, and, and then Booker does the Luca special thing where he's you know laying on the floor pretending like he got hurt. And I think people questioned him in the clutch in those games, conveniently forgetting about everything he had done the year before, right, against the Lakers or even in the NBA Finals, one of those back-to-back 40-point games, right? Like, I think everyone, oh, Devin Booker's a problem in the clutch. It's like, is he? Because I remember the 2021 NBA playoffs, he was terrific in the clutch. But I do think there is pressure on him because the way the postseason ended last year, he wore a lot of that. Like, that, a lot of that was put on him the way that Dallas series ended. And I think the pressure comes from having to prove that that wasn't who he's about. I think the other thing that makes their pressure is that, man, like the, the top three teams in the West are the Nuggets. Yep. Who, by the way, the Nuggets, like the last time a team had the best record in the West with a record like that was 77-78, the Sonics. Got to go back to 1977-78, the last time a team had a had the best record in the West and it wasn't like that good. So, And the Grizzlies, they have the best point to rev differential in the West, like three point something. Like that's the worst point differential to lead the West since the 83-84 Lakers. Yeah. These teams at the top are not that good. 
You got to win it. We've got the Burns and Gimbo Show podcast. You might be listening to us on the podcast right now. Hi. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. Who is the best player available in the NFL draft for the Arizona Cardinals? And should they take him or should they trade? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? Diamondbacks baseball's on tonight. That's it. Makes me happy. Well, actually, that's not true. That does make me happy. Playing games are on. Playing games. Playing games. Oh, Atlanta's oh, yeah. killing Miami They're right now. smoking Miami. 63 to 43 with What's... a minute 47 to go in the second quarter. Look up what Trey Young has. He's like, yeah, you want to trade me? Okay. Let me show you what I could do. I think he's having a good game. I've seen him make some, a couple baskets. My Atlanta's just clobbering Miami. That's a surprise. It's at Miami. Yes. Miami's the home team. Wow. Trey Young has 11 points in 16 minutes. Thank you, Mitch. He, he's 5 and 9 from the floor. 0 of 4 from 3 so far. Atlanta has 63 points. It's only the second quarter. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Trey Young only has 11 of them. Uh, Okongwu has 10. Sadiq Bey has 11. Bogdanovich has 10. Looks like the bench is... The bench has already accounted for 35 of Atlanta's points so wow. far. Wow. wow. Okay. And uh, Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy, he's 3 of 12. Oh, man. 10 points, but Jimmy Butler is not. Now, the uh, loser of this game's not out. You know, they'll out. just wait for the winner of the Chicago Toronto game tomorrow. So that's on right now. And then later tonight, um, and I, I know this is not a you thing, but this is very much a me thing. Yeah. I, I two TVs working tonight. I got two TVs working tonight. I'm very interested in that Lakers Timberwolves game. Very interested. So I watch yeah. the Diamondbacks game on the left with the sound turned up, and the NBA game on the right with the sound turned down. I, 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 my brain doesn't work where I could do two things at the same time like that. Take a bunch of notes. I just watch. I just watch. How do you watch two things at the same? The king of I got this here and I get that there. You got to learn how to watch two things at one time. <laughs> Damn. Like, could you watch two movies at the same time? No, but that's different. Why? Um, because in movies, well, you, you don't know what's happening in the game. Because in movies, you have to listen to the dialogue. You have to hear the movie to understand what's going on. I can. You and I are doing the show right now. Yeah. I can watch this Atlanta Miami game and get a general idea of what's going on, and I can't hear a thing. I don't have to listen to it. I just have to watch it. That's okay. the difference. All right, it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm like that. I was trying to come up with something. It's. But you also take all the notes. I think that's a big reason why you can't watch two things at once. Because yeah, you know, like you don't just watch. I, I, this is where you and I are different. You don't just watch a game. You watch a game and take five pages of notes. I just kind of watch a game. And if there's something I want to talk about, how do you about, remember what to talk about? I just I, how do you like how do you remember that? I have a good memory. I have a pretty good memory. So then why'd you have to cheat on that exam and get kicked out of the National Honor well, Society? No, 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 no. I cheated on the exam because I didn't want to read. Was it Wuthering Heights or Great Expectations? I think it was Great Expectations. I didn't want to read Great Expectations. I'm like, I don't want to read about Mrs. Havisham? I, I didn't want to. No, I didn't. I didn't. I've never um, heard of that book. You've never heard of Great Expectations? No. Yeah, see, they tried is... to make me read of Mice and Men. 
Oh, Lenny. When I was a kid? Lenny, that one's a like, sad story. That's I'm a like, very sad story. I'm not watching. I'm not reading it. I'm, I'm not watching that. I told Mrs. Lori and Jetty, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not reading this book. Do you know, honestly, so when she I'm let a- me go to the library and pick out a different book and do like a, something on it. The truth, the absolute truth when it comes to all that, yeah. you're, you're going to roll your eyes at this. My biggest regret is not that I cheated on that. I plagiarized the cliff notes of great expectations and got kept out of the National Honor Society. My Actually, my bigger regret is that in those classes, we read like some of the best novels of all time, and I can't remember any of them at all. Like, I read them. You just told me you had a great memory. Well, back then, you're in six, you're 16 years old. I don't remember what happened in Great Expectations or Wuthering Heights or anything like that. I don't remember. I wish I could remember. Because I've... So go back and reread the books. I, uh, that's on my list of things to do. Get one of those, like, Kindle things. <laughs> you got one of those Kindles? I, I do have a Kindle. My, do- my daughter has fact, one. Yes. And she, like, reads books on the Kindle. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. I know. Yeah. I just need to go back and reread some of those. Uh, this was not on the docket of what we were supposed to talk about right now. What we were supposed to talk about was... The the latest fresh batch of mock drafts that are out, including two that are out. Kuiper's got one that's out, and SB Nation has one. They both have trades. They both project trades, and they're both really intriguing, awesome trades. It's just kind of a question of which one you think is more awesome. So let me ask you this. Yes. Because Kuiper also had a big board that was out. Okay. Okay. And on his big board, did you see, you said to me, the number one, his number one prospect, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, that was his number one prospect. Jalen Carter on Kuiper's big board was number one. Yep, the number ahead of Will Anderson. Yep. So all of the Jalen Carter, the the incident with the car and the racing and. All of that stuff, and then right away, everybody's questioning him. Does he have the heart? Does he have the mode in his workout, right? He didn't do certain things in the workout, and he was a little overweight. And all that stuff doesn't seem to matter right now. No. It doesn't seem like Jalen Carter is going to have this big drop. So to my point, if, J- if the Cardinals trade out of three... And they move down a little bit, and Jalen Carter is there... It's going to be very tempting. How tempted are you to take Jalen Carter at 7 or 8 or even 11 if he gets to that point, considering like he's kind of come through this and everybody still thinks, okay, he did that, he did this, a little bit of a red flag. He's a great prospect. Yeah. Uh, Kuyper writes, he showed up at his pro day nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine. He couldn't finish the position drills. Talks about the misdemeanor charges. Talks about everything that you talked about. And he says the reality, this is a quote, by the way, the reality is Carter's stock hasn't dropped in the eyes of NFL teams. And so I'm not dropping him in my rankings. On the field, he is a fantastic prospect. I moved him to number one on my December big board update, and he finished the season playing the best ball of his career. Got him number one. He's got him number one, and he's got Will Anderson number three, and he's got Tyree Wilson. Grit your teeth on this one a little bit. Yeah, give it to me. 21st. Wow. That's why I want Will Anderson instead of Tyree Wilson. Yeah. I don't want to make that jump from Will Anderson to Tyree Wilson. If I have to, because somebody's giving me three first-round picks, I will. But I don't prefer Tyree Wilson. I prefer Will Anderson by a lot. I think the question now becomes, if you do move out and you've got a choice between Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter, I think you might have to go Jalen Carter. If he's there. I don't know if he's going to be there. I, if he dropped to seven, he he might not get past Seattle at five. Not get past Seattle at five. 
Depending yeah, on here, right? Get past the you're Lions right. at six. I mean, he, I don't know if he's going to be there or not. These two mock drafts. I just want to mention these. Real yeah, let's quick. do it. All right. So Kuiper did a first and second round mock today. He projects the Arizona Cardinals trading with the Tennessee Titans. Titans, of course, are drafting number eleven. The Cardinals are drafting at number three. So the Titans move up to three. They take Anthony Richardson. The price of moving up from eleven to three per Kuiper in his scenario, Tennessee would send. Arizona picks number 11 in the first round, number 41 in the second. A first rounder next year, and either a first or second the year after yeah, that. Even, even I will have to admit that that's, that's, that's hard to pass up. It's hard to pass up. And the reason why I like it, and, I, and I, the reason why I like it is because you could potentially have two first round picks, not in, in 23, in 24 and 25. Potentially. Yeah. So in 25, I might, that's when I'm going to really know if I want Kyler Murray or not. I'm stuck with Kyler this year. He's not going anywhere. And I'm probably stuck with Kyler next year. But you know you're not stuck with him the year after that. Once you've gone through a couple years on the contract, it becomes easier to get out of the contract. You'll eat some money, you'll have dead cap, all of that stuff. But if you don't think Kyler's the guy in 2025 and you've got your first-round pick and you've got Tennessee's first-round pick, you've got the ammunition needed to be able to move up in that draft and get a quarterback that can replace Kyler if he's not the guy. The reason he came up with that comp is basically very similar to what the 49ers did when they moved up to get Trey Lance. They, they went from 12. 12 to three, three and yep. they had to give up three first round picks. So he's saying a similar looking package might look something like that. I, I don't know how you could not be intrigued by that if you're a Cardinals fan because they're not a Will Anderson away from being great. I, I, and I'm not saying Will Anderson isn't great. This one, this one is also a very good mock draft trade proposal. This one comes from SB Nation. It has the Cardinals moving down one spot with the Colts. So the Colts move up, take Anthony Richardson. Cardinals move down to four. They get Will Anderson to do it. The Cardinals get the number four pick, the third round pick of the Colts this year, the fourth round pick of the Colts this year, a third round pick next year. I love that. I love it too. I love it because you get Will Anderson and you get what, three extra picks? Three extra picks, two thirds and a fourth. Like, how do you not like that? Again, how do you say no to that? Now, the debate we had earlier was which one would you prefer? That that one, you still get Will Anderson, you get three extra picks, but your picks are more third round than first round. Where the Titans are, you drop far, far enough back to where you're going to miss out on you're going to miss out on some key players, but you get a bunch of first round picks. I prefer the Titans. Yeah, and I I I prefer this one with Indianapolis. Okay, the, the two threes and the four. Yeah, and and still get Will, Will Anderson two threes and a four, and mine is a. F- Three firsts and a second, or maybe two firsts and two seconds to move down to 11. Yeah, because it might only be two firsts. It might be. If it's. It might only be two it, firsts. Okay, I'll, you know what? This, I, I know exactly what you're going to say, and I agree with you here. If it's yeah. three firsts. Then you take this deal. The Tennessee deal's better. If it's two firsts and two seconds, give me the Colts deal. The Colts deal. Yes. Because you're still getting three picks, and they're good. Yeah. Like, they're third round picks. Yeah. If it's. What's if it, it two thirds and a fourth? Two thirds and a fourth. And two you thirds still and a fourth, and, and you Will still Anderson. get Will Anderson. Yeah. If it's so, it really depends on the Titans' offer. If, if the Titans are going to give me three first round picks, sorry, that's that to me is the royal flush. Got to take it. Get Monty on the phone. <laughs> I'm sure. Which Monty? Monty. Monty with Cardinals an I. Monty. Which one? 
The, the Cardinals, Cardinals money. Yeah, yeah you got him on the phone. Yeah. Let's well, make sure he understands what we need here. When we come back, nobody, and I mean nobody, is hotter in Arizona than the Diamondbacks, though it is pretty warm outside. We'll get you ready for the game against the Brewers it's, it's next hot. on the Burns and Gambo Show. David's <laughs> Cliff. Will you trade a pick for our cornerback, please? Like now, right away. Hurry. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? What's on tonight brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. NBA basketball on tonight. They're at the half. The Hawks are beating the Miami Heat 65-50 to in the matchup between the 7 and the 8 there. Of course, the Hawks are the 8. Miami is the 7. So we'll see if the Hawks can advance. Then later tonight, the Timberwolves are taking on the Lakers. Again, that's the 7-8 in the play-in tournament. Just time in the Western Conference. Also, on tonight's Diamondbacks Baseball. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks Baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Driving. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. The only thing hotter than the Arizona Diamondbacks right now, the fact that we're all turning on our air conditioning units because it's 100 degrees outside. Uh, is it hot? I, I, I don't know if we hit. I don't know if we hit 100 today, but it, it's it's getting close. Uh, other than that, nobody is hotter than the Arizona Diamondbacks, riding a five-game win streak. I think Tampa Bay won again today. Huh? I think Tampa Bay won again. Well, I guess they're technically hotter. They're winning. I, I think they're they eleven going to be. I think they were. I think it's. Like three outs away, they were. I think they were going to be eleven and zero. Well, yeah, they're ten and zero. So if they, yeah, they win, then I, I didn't know that game had already gone to a final. Well, just play along with me. Let's just pretend the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay, are the in the thing. National League, in the National League West, no. let me live. Let me live. <laughs> let me live, Gambo. Let me live. Nobody's hotter than the Arizona Diamondbacks, who took the opener last night against the Milwaukee Brewers by a score of three to nothing. Same two teams tonight, Chase Field. Yeah, and and you know one of the things with four consecutive games, they're they're four and one in. The this homestand, which is really good. And they're playing really good baseball teams. And my voice goes, Dodgers, Padres, Brewers, right? They're playing good teams. So their strength of schedule has been really good, uh, you know, so far to start this season. I, I, this Gabriel Moreno, not only did he throw out a runner last night, but he's three for three in court stealing this year. There's only two catchers with a perfect court stealing percentage. John Gomez of Chicago's two for two. So three for three. And that pop-up time, I kept referring to it, I found it. 1.91 seconds, the pop-up time to second base is phenomenal. Only uh, JT Real Muto with Philly and Martin Maldonado with Houston have a better pop-up uh, time. So, uh, terrific win last night. It, it's great to see the, the, the game that Zach Gallen pitched, but I was really impressed by, by Gabriel Moreno, who is, nobody has stolen a base on him yet this year. Yeah, you mentioned the strength of schedule. Um, if, you look, if, if you look at such things, the Diamondbacks have had the hardest schedule in Major League Baseball so far, and it's really not even close. So, for them to have this 7-4 and four record against the Brewers and the Dodgers and the Padres, it makes it that much more impressive. Your pitching matchup for tonight.
tonight's game, game two of this three-game series. Merrill Kelly gets the start for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now he's 0-1 with a 3.86 ERA. On the surface, you would look at those numbers and say, okay, he's been decent. Eh, he's got some stuff to work on, right? The, the walks yes. have been really concerning for Merrill Kelly so far to yeah, start this will year. be his 100th career start, believe it or not. But you're right, against the Dodgers in both outings, he walked four guys. And that's an issue. So not a lot of hits game. Matter of fact, the, uh, the game on the, the first game of the season, he had more walks than he had hits allowed. So he gave up four walks and three hits. In the second game, both against the Dodgers, six hits and four walks. So eight walks in two games for Merrill Kelly. Usually not like him. So that's something he's going to have to work on. Cut down those walks and, you know, and, 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 and he's a pitch to contact guy for the most part. So pitch to contact. You've got a great defense behind you. Let them make the plays. 17 base runners allowed in nine and a third innings. That's a lot of traffic for Merrill Kelly so far. So you've yeah, got to cut back on that. It's not normal. He's got good success uh, against the Brewers. Two and one lifetime, 3.13 ERA in six career starts. Two and oh with a 0.86 ERA and only one walk allowed in three career starts against the Brewers here at Chase Field. So he's had some success against them here at Chase. Now, nobody was freaking out after two so-so starts from Zach Gallen, and he was extraordinary last night. Certainly the same script could be followed tonight, and that would make everybody happy. Corbin Burns gets the start for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. The righty is 0-1 with a 9-6-4 ERA. One of the best in baseball who's off to a pretty rough start for a team that's gotten off to a good start this year. Yeah, and it's been a lot of talk about, like, do, you know, will they actually trade him? Like, is that, is that a guy that they can actually move at some point um, because of his contract and everything like that? So, you know, he's a he's a very good pitcher. He's a very dominant pitcher. If they did decide to move him, there'd be a lot of interest. So it should, should be a good pitching matchup tonight. Yeah, I would think so. Now, the injury report for tonight's game with the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, we've got a couple of things to get you caught up on. Number one, Joe Mansupply is nearing his return. The lefty reliever will pitch in a rehab assignment uh, starting today in AA Amarillo. Amarillo, pardon me. He was expected to begin the year in a back-end bullpen role. Uh, shoulder fatigue kind of derailed the start of his season, but apparently he's getting closer to a return. Okay, that's really good. That's that, that's good. I mean, the Diamondbacks have had a few guys that have been injured this year. Nothing seems, you know, uh, you know real long-term, but the, the key to them this year is just the depth. They've seemed to have the depth that can come in and replace those guys. You know, you lose Lewis, Paven Smith comes in, gets a couple hits right away. Frias comes up and does it. So they've got guys that can come up and, and handle the load for the Diamondbacks, which was an issue in previous years. Speaking of injuries, Kyle Lewis, who went on the 10-day injured list with an illness, uh, apparently is going to need to get back with a, a rehab outing before he comes back. So it might be a little bit while longer before he is going to come back. And then there was one other move made by the organization today. Scott McGuff was put on the patrol. Trinity list. Trinity list, they yes. mentioned last night during the broadcast that his wife was going to give birth any day. So right-handed pitcher Jose Ruiz, who was acquired from the White Sox last week, will join the Arizona bullpen while okay. McGuff is on the on the paternity good, list. Good, good, good. Go be, go be a dad for a few days. So Baseball will be it. back here for you. Your injury report brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. Your MLB standings they're presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Honored to be a part of your big life moments for 32 years. We'll take a look at the National League West right now. The Diamondbacks, as I mentioned, all alone in first place. Seven and four. Padres, the Dodgers are both six and five. Rockets.
Rockies are five and six. San Francisco Giants are four and six. The Diamondbacks go into action today with the second best record in terms of winning percentage of the National League. Only the Milwaukee Brewers are better at seven and three, so they're playing that team tonight. Yes, as a yeah. So good chance to remain in first place for the D-backs, and uh, just a tremendous start for the season for them. Got to take advantage. The Brewers are on eleven game road trip right now. The start of an eleven game road trip. So try to start them off with a couple of losses. All right, let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs, keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Only two of their eight relieve, relievers have even allowed a run, Javi Gura and, and Jal Payams. Uh, they've collectively pitched to a 0.84 ERA. That's a full point better than undefeated Tampa. The Brewers' bullpen is right now the best in baseball. They're first in ERA. They're first in average against. They're third in whip. Get to Corbin Burns early so that bullpen doesn't burn you. All right, that's going to do it for us here in the Burns and Gambo Show. Diamondbacks baseball is next. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.